Sunday the 9th of April 2023. Nathan Larkin speaking at the Easter Day service. Well, happy Easter everyone, first of all. Um, now it's Easter Day, so hopefully we're all feeling really upbeat. It's a day of celebration. And so I thought that we might begin this morning with a game. Um, it shouldn't be too challenging, but it's going to need a little bit of audience participation. Um, and this is a game I like to call Guess the Next Line. So it's not very complicated. It does exactly what it says on the tin. I'm going to play a bit of music. And as you listen to it, you need to try to remember the words if you recognize it. Because when the music stops, I need you, and that means all of you, to keep going and sing the next line. Hopefully, they're all songs you'll recognize. But yeah, we really need everyone to join in for this to work. So we ready? Okay. Oh dear. Yes. Okay. Right. Let's 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 give it a go. Let's have our first song. I'm confident people are going to know this. Okay. Your 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 bits coming. Wow, wow, okay, well done. Give yourselves a round of applause. It worked. Phew, okay. So, as we clearly knew, that one was Living on a Prayer by Bon Jovi. They're, they're all songs hopefully you'll recognize. So now you've got the hang of it, let's try with another song. I think I, I only realized um, I was probably giving away my age and the type of music I listened to with the first few songs, but it does get a bit more diverse after this. So, okay, song number two. might be wondering, do I know this, do I not? You'll hopefully recognize it in a second. Here we go. Wow, okay, I, I'm seriously impressed. I, I wasn't sure if this was gonna work, but it, it's, uh, yeah, very impressive. Now, we know that the grown-ups can do it, but I think it's time for you guys to show them how to do it. That doesn't mean they don't have to sing this bit, but I think you guys are going to especially know this song, all of the children and the young people. So, we're going to do one just for you now, okay? That doesn't mean you don't have to sing up there, because I know you'll know it too, unfortunately. We'll all know this song. Um, okay, so let's have song number three. Unfortunately, it gets stuck in your head as well, but uh, almost there. I think can't hold it back anymore was the line, but that's, let it go was enough. I'll give you that. That's, uh, yeah, that's, that's impressive. Well done. Okay, we've, got only, we've only got two more, and we've had one for the children, so let's, let's do one for the, for the oldies too. This is one from the 1960s, um, because we can't leave any one out at Easter. Easter's for everyone. So let's have our next song. Okay. Football fans will hopefully know this one as well. It's building. 
go. We, we know where the football fans are, certainly, sitting in here. Um, well done. That became the theme of the Lionesses' uh, European Cup win last summer. But, yeah, another song that clearly, once we heard a little bit, we were able to, to, to pick it up. And for our last song, I thought that we should do, we are at church after all, I thought we should do one that, that everyone should know because we sing here at church quite regularly. And this will maybe test who's paying attention on a Sunday. Um, one of the greatest Christian songs of all time. Um, you'll know it when you hear it, hopefully. Um, so, okay, final song. Oh, I can see the children know it. Yes, well done. Okay, I think you all deserve a massive round of applause for that. Well done. Our God is a great big God. So, so yeah, that, that, that was fun. Um, and you're probably sitting there wondering, what on earth has that got to do with Easter morning? Um, and the truth is, really, as I was thinking about what I was going to talk about this morning, I kept being drawn back to that psalm that we heard read earlier in the service. Of course, the psalms are the songbook of the Bible. And it was a psalm, Psalm 22, that was written a long time before the events of that first Easter day. In fact, it was written a long time before crucifixion was even a thing that people did to each other. But you probably noticed as it was being read, it's hard to avoid the, the obvious parallels between it and the crucifixion accounts in the Gospels. It talks about people hurling insults in the midst of suffering. It talks about people mocking as they ask, where is God's rescue? And just like in this psalm, Jesus called out that he was thirsty. It talks of pierced hands and feet. It talks even about throwing dice for clothing. It's hard not to see the connections, even though they were written so far before that Easter weekend. Though perhaps the most obvious link is from the very beginning, when the writer of the psalm declares, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Something that Jesus himself quoted as he was dying on the cross. Now, as I've always understood, this seems to be really the lowest point of the whole Easter weekend as Jesus cries out to his Father in anguish. But this year, as I looked at those words of Jesus, I realized that something else was going on, something that I'd always missed. You see, through the New Testament, we find references to passages from earlier in Scripture. And it's easy with our modern mindset to miss what's actually going on in those moments where the Old Testament is being referenced. Perhaps we're tempted to see it like the writers plucking out a quote to sort of back up and enforce a point that they're making, just like we would if we were writing an essay in, in school or something like that. But that's not really what's happening. Now, you know, we began this morning by playing that game because for us today, music has a really powerful way of connecting with our memories. If you play the beginning of a song as we did, then you're likely to remember the rest as long as you're familiar with it to begin with. And in Jesus' day, people had this sort of connection, but with their scriptures. A reference to water might evoke pictures of God's rescue of the Israelites. When Jesus tells a story comparing himself to a sower spreading seeds, 
Um, as well as the most obvious interpretation, the people listening would also have been wondering if Jesus was saying that he was the holy seed that Isaiah had prophesied. Much like popular music today, quoting the beginning of a psalm would have been enough to invoke the entire song. People memorized and recited their scriptures and would have been really familiar with what was implied when someone quoted just a section. Now, when Jesus cried out on Good Friday, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He, what he was really saying was, look at what's happening here. Are you paying attention? Remember Psalm 22 with all of its parallels? Psalm 22 is being enacted in front of your eyes. Insults, abandonment, enemies, pain. Now, this might not seem a very Easter morning place to start, but as those who were paying attention to Jesus Christ should have known, that's not where the psalm ends. It begins with all of that suffering and all of those questions, but it pivots in the middle with the question, will God abandon his people? Or will he keep his promises? And of course, we're all here this morning to celebrate the fact that he does. We know the answer. If we know the beginning of the song, we should know the ending. And here's how it goes. Psalm 22 continues, God will not ignore the suffering of the needy. He will not turn his back on them. He did not abandon Jesus and he has not abandoned us. He will have victory over evil, and the whole earth will one day turn to him. All the people of the world will one day bow down before this seemingly defeated son. And much like Jesus' own final words, it is finished, the psalm ends with this resounding, he has done it, victory. When Jesus cried out those words from the beginning of that psalm, he was pointing even then to the victory that was happening right before their eyes, although people couldn't see it. You see, on Good Friday, there were many who thought that evil had won, but they'd only remembered the beginning of the song. Even Jesus' closest followers weren't ready for what happened next. They seemed like a shattered people. The women who'd stood at the foot of the cross and seen their loved one die. There was the disciples who seemed lost, running scared, some betraying their Lord, losing their direction through fear. For some, all they could see was pain. They couldn't see the victory that was right in front of them. But then came God's answer to their brokenness on that Easter morning. Then came the empty tomb. Jesus was not there. Jesus was alive, just as he said he would be. When the worst that our world could muster was brought down on Jesus, he rose from the dead. Yes, he blasted it open, brushed it aside, and now the entire universe would never be the same again. And as this dawned on Jesus' followers, what had just happened, the power of the resurrection began to change them. Hearts full of amazement, heads spinning with the greatest reality check in human history. Their lives began again. Now they were new people. They had become resurrection people, the first of many generations. And you know, this morning, as we all gather here to celebrate the wonder of this resurrection, 
to rejoice in God's rescue for all people and to remember that victory that he revealed on the very first Easter day, I hope that we can be a whole Easter people. A people who remember not just how the song begins, but how the song finishes. Because like Good Friday, and like the beginning of that psalm, life is full of difficulties, full of pain and struggle. And we're not here this morning to pretend that it doesn't exist. But just as those early followers of Jesus realized that there was a second half to Psalm 22, a victory that they hadn't seen coming, I hope that this morning it begins to dawn on us that we too are a resurrection people. Now to be whole Easter people, to be people shaped by the resurrection, is to continue living in communion with God, even in the face of suffering, death and despair. The world might feel like Good Friday at times. The circumstances of our lives may be hard, unfair, and even leave us feeling broken at times. But we should be people of hope and not despair. Because we know that God, who had the first word, will have the last. He is never thwarted. He is never caught napping by the circumstances in our lives. And to have faith in Jesus doesn't mean that we try to pretend that the bad things are are actually good. But no, instead, we know that God will take our difficulties and weave them into purposes that we cannot see yet. And when he is done, the day will be all the more glorious for us having gone through it. You see, for every cross in our lives, there is a resurrection. Because of Easter, because of Jesus, our lives can be lived well, with courage and with joy, because we live by that hope of the resurrection. So no matter what life lands in our laps, if we will only trust God and wait and not lose heart, the song that we'll one day sing will be a song of victory. Now, Easter provides us with an opportunity to reflect and to start acting according to that power of the resurrection. Yet, Easter is an invitation to think about the resurrection, not only as an event that happened a long time ago, but also as something that makes an important difference in our lives here and now. Because of the events of that first Easter day, all those years ago, we can truly enjoy the resurrection's effects in our present lives. So what does that mean? What does it mean to be an Easter people? What does it mean to live the resurrection? For some, it's, it's mainly a comfort, a sign that through Jesus, evil has been defeated and that death is not the end of our stories. And that is completely true. And it's a good start. But there is so much more to the story. Jesus' resurrection isn't only a comfort. It's a mission statement. It's not a cozy blanket, but a command to follow in his footsteps. This resurrection of Jesus that we're here to celebrate today is is not only a guarantee of life after death. It's a guarantee of life before death too. Full, abundant life in union with God. And because of Easter Day, we're called to continue this mission of Jesus in the world, the redemption and the salvation of all things. Living as a resurrection people should shape everything about us.
And it should slowly transform us, transforming our values, our attitudes, our perception of ourselves and others. And as we reflect on this new life that is an offer, it should begin to seep into our consciousness and penetrate everything we do. What enables us to live this new life and to benefit from this grace is the power that was unleashed by Jesus rising from the dead. That very same power that breathed new life into his broken body is the same power that's given to us when we choose to be joined to him. Living the resurrection is living in the old world by the energy and values of the new world to come. Resurrection people have a zest for life. Yes, resurrection people are unstoppable. Resurrection people stare death in the face and create life. I think that's really exciting. How many of us get really excited by our faith? Whole Easter Christianity, embracing the resurrected Jesus, living life as resurrection people is exciting. It's a dynamic force. We are resurrection people. So go back to that tomb and look for that body. Let the amazing truth dawn on you. And today, this week, this year and forever, embrace the life of Jesus. Live the resurrection. And as I finish this morning, may we all know that yes, Jesus died for us on Good Friday. May we begin to understand what it means that he rose for us as well. But more than that, may we discover that the resurrection has happened not just for us, but to us. And may we see that the resurrection is happening in us and through us. Because if those of us gathered here today, and it's amazing to see church so packed, if we, even some of us, can, can spiritually arise today, I'm telling you that the heavens with a great resounding echo will be shouting hallelujah. Because whole Easter Christians, resurrection people, are those who have arisen from the tombs of pride, greed, lust, envy, and apathy to a new life, an exciting life of faith, hope, love, compassion, and commitment. To have lived and died a resurrected Christian is to have made your life eternally significant. So the resurrection has happened for you. Has it happened to you?